0: Father, I thank you for this time to be able to comb over your word, um, to be able to dig in and go over uh, the principles that you have left for us um, so graciously in your word. Um, I pray that the words that we say uh, be of you, that anything distracting from you, Father, just uh, fall away. Um, I thank you, Father, for everybody listening. I pray blessings uh, over them that they may um, dig in and uh, get to know you more, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week, um, I want to talk about one of the, well, I want to talk about the theme of the gospel if there is one i know it's we can't really um sum up god so to speak but if we were to sum up god um, we'd get love and in 2020 i think it's safe to say that we live in a divided world mm-hmm. um, it is you know there are wonderful things i'm not going to sit here and, and say that technology as a whole, social media as a whole, um, is terrible or anything like that. Um, but with things like the internet, things like keyboard anonymity, um, or at least perceived anonymity, um, it's never, it's, everybody's a critic. Everybody's got something to say for better or for worse. And, you know, I think that um, that has opened the world up to be a soundboard for a lot of conflicting opinions. And unfortunately, um, that doesn't stop at the secular world. Uh, I think that in today's world, looking at it from, if you're looking at it from an, especially from an outside point of view, um, I shudder to think what some non-believers have walked away from conversations with groups of Christians Mm -hmm. thinking. You know, because everybody's got their own take on something, you know, believe different things and and all of that. And um, I've often said that the problem with social media is that people will never be fully ready to have the window of transparency into each other's lives and the ease of access of of, um, entrance into each other's lives that social media provides. It's, it, it allows, yes, for instant communication, but that's not always a good thing in different, um, situations. When you look at the landscape of the world today, I don't see, at least in, in my time thus far on earth, I don't think I've seen a more applicable time. Where we need to address the elephant in the room, especially with Christians, especially with people who follow the gospel of and, and follow the teachings of a man that, when asked, "What are the two most important things?" Love God, love others. Um, I think it's. I think we need a reminder of that now
1: more than ever. I think there's a contrast between the culture that we live in, the, the culture that that we've experienced a great morphing, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, like you're talking about with social media. And it, it, to me, I agree, it's, it's not bad. Technology is not bad. Uh, we need to use it for our advantage in the kingdom, mm-hmm. but it can also create a lot of complexity and complicate things. And one of the things that i i appreciate about how jesus summed up you know the question that was asked of him you know what's the greatest commandment um and he could have chosen you know any any of them i mean you know there were 10 big ones (laughs) um and then a whole bunch of little ones you know throughout the first five books of the bible and then Scads of other ones that the Pharisees and Sadducees would kind of make up, you know, just to make themselves look more holy and pious. Right. Um, and the interesting thing about how Jesus responded to that was, you're right, Joe. It's it's love. He, you know, he could have chosen any other any other word, um, but he chose love, and he said, "You need to love God." and you need to love others, and to me, that takes the complexity of our culture (laughs) and not reduces it in a bad way, but reduces it down to simplicity. Mm -hmm. Um, Love God, love others, and the love others one, that's only found in one other place in the Old Testament. So when he when he was dipping back into the Bible that he knew, mm-hmm. um, you know the first one is the Shema Israel, the, the the prayer that every good Jew Jew would pray at least two times a day, and that is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesus slipped this other one in there, which I think is in like Leviticus 11 or something like that. Don't quote me on the exact uh, reference, but. Um, it is in there somewhere and it's the only place that it's there he said love yeah. others and it wasn't it wasn't a um a a like a a vertical number one and number two like love god is like number one and, and love others is number two like one on top of the other it was number one and number two on the same par with each other right 1a one 1b one sort yeah, of thing yeah so you can't love god truly without loving others and you can't love others truly without loving god i mean right. they're just really attached
0: right this is one of those um this is one of those subject matters that i i have a unique perspective on because my my background doesn't dictate that i know the intricacies of what was being called on when Jesus said that and, and those kinds of things for me, it, I learned this, or I, <clears throat> I should say I've been learning this. i still am learning this on an application level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, to me from what I'm seeing and what Holy Spirit has laid on my heart, you hit the nail on the head, it's very cyclical. It's very, um, you know, you love, when you love the the least of these, you love God. When you have the same kind of, you love because you have been loved, is really what it boils down to. And so for me, somebody like me who came to came to Christ by way of hope, by way of being shown hope for something more, something outside of the identity that I've made for myself, something uh, more outside of the realms of, of sin and death. Um, it's a huge wake-up call when you realize that, you know, you had, doesn't matter what you think of yourself, pre-salvation, you have a rap sheet this long And the only thing that makes all of that okay is the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so you realize that in this behavior, you had to have upset somebody. You had to have been the annoying person to somebody (laughs) or frustrating or whatever. Lord knows if you asked plenty of the young plucky chefs that I used to work with, they'd have had some things (laughs) to say about it. Um, But when you're not giving out that love that was given to you, you are then turning around and spitting in the face and disrespecting the thing that saved you. Mm
1: -hmm. You know
0: what I mean? The very way that you were able to find hope. Mm -hmm. And that's... uh, I can't remember the first... the, the, The time that I heard the analogy, but... I, I, you know, I, I remember the pastor saying, you know, yeah, think of your best friend. Think of the person that you, you know, get along with best and about how well y'all jive, especially if you're Christians and all that kind of stuff. You get zero points for liking that person. You get not not worth much of anything because you guys get along. You know, what do you want, a cookie? You get along with your friend. Good job. hmm but for that person, and we've all got them, sometimes it's the person in front of you in traffic. Sometimes it's the person next to you at work. Sometimes it's a family member. Um, none of that, doesn't matter who it is, it, there there are no exceptions to the blood of Christ. Which means, in turn, there are no exceptions to the commands given by christ Mm
1: -hmm. yeah the the um the command to love others or love your neighbor um the word others or the word neighbor is all inclusive (laughs) um in fact the you know the the person that asked jesus the question um asked another one and he said well who's your neighbor And that's where we get the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan parable wasn't just like thrown out there because Jesus didn't have anything better to say one day. It was in response to the question, who is your neighbor? In fact, so, I mean, you can kind of read between the lines, um, you know, the young buck who asked Jesus that question. And and I think we, we tend to lean towards it too. Love God. That's easy, you know. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, I love God. I love God. You know, I, I, I read my Bible and I pray and I help, you know, do kind things for people. And uh, I, lo- I love God. Um, but loving others, loving your neighbor, another time he said love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all-inclusive. And any time that we... Stop and think that there's an exception to that <laughs> because of what that person has done to us or what that person has said to us. Um, we, we're 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 breaking one of those two commandments that he gave us. Yeah, I mean we're you know we're we're ignoring it. We're thumbing our nose at him. And when you think of the parable of the of the good Samaritan, um, you know the 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 person. Who helped who finally helped that guy on the road who was all beat up. Mm-hmm. That person was a Samaritan, and the guy on the road who was mugged was a Jew. And Jews and Samaritans don't get along. Right. And it would have been it would have been um it would have been shocking if the rules had been reversed. Let's say the Samaritan was the one on the on the road all beat up. And and the Jewish guy came along and helped him, that would have been shocking enough. But Jesus is like, I'm gonna shock him even more. I am going to I'm going to make the very person that you guys disdain, the Samaritan, I'm gonna make him the hero. Right. And 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 the Jewish man was the neighbor to to the Samaritan, even though you know, Jews and Samaritans had a lot of <laughs> a lot of trouble with each other. Right. And so I think Jesus is brilliant when he you know, he kind of gives the the two commandments of the kingdom, really. Right. Um and then he tells a story to like knock it out of the park.
0: Yeah. And I think that um it's all too easy to fall back on it's easier to identify yourself by what you stand against rather than what you stand for and in that kind of mentality especially when you take it at a um, large scale uh, open to the court of public opinion sort of um, approach to it you open yourself up and you open up the situation for people's own take on, um, on God, on love, on what it means to love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a difference ch- between uh, accountability and judgment. You know, we are called to lo- walk alongside one another and keep each other accountable. But there's there's a line there where it becomes judgment. And there are certain stories in the Bible you've heard a hundred times over, even if you aren't um, even if you didn't grow up in a church, you've heard them all over the place. you've heard them quoted, whatever. It's I've found myself in a season of going back and by season, I mean you know the last almost two years. and I would come across some of these uh, highly quoted sets of scriptures, um, you know well-known stories, kinds of thing and reread them now in my current state, and my current frame of mind with my current experiences, and it it's mind blowing mm-hmm. because you realize that this man who is saying, "Let the let he who is perfect cast the first stone," he's the perfect one. He can do it. Mm-hmm. He's the one that gets that. Like he, it. This is the guy who's perfect saying, "No, no." We're not going to approach this in judgment. We're going to approach this in love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you realize, like I had said before, that we're all guilty of something. Mm-hmm. Whatever your rap sheet looks like is going to look different than somebody else's, but you still have one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so it's, it's mind-blowing when you realize the scale and magnitude Of what has been forgiven and what has been replaced in your very identity when you accept sonship when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior Mm -hmm. now that's the stuff that makes you feel real good inside makes you feel the warm and fuzzies like we've talked about and all of that and if there's any one thing that I have found is that Warm and fuzzies are temporary and should not be counted upon. Um, because where the rubber meets the road is... Okay, great. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment. Exciting moment where you, that salvation experience. Now you've started up a new chapter. Now you're called to live a certain way. And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the entire... because. Life still continues to be life. People still continue to be people. Now we're not saying that you're going to go out and break bread and have coffee with every single person that you don't like. That's not what this looks like. Mm-hmm. But I think it's safe to say that there's plenty of people that some of us would think of that, you know, even the most patient and kind of people that we know, I'm sure, have people that they think about and they're like, the flesh says stone not Let them get what they've got coming to them. If they were broken down on the side of the road, I wouldn't stop, all of those kinds of things. That's what the flesh says. And like we talked about in previous episode, that's what makes the Christian experience so incredibly difficult because it says the exact opposite of what the flesh says, of what the
1: human condition says. When you were talking about that, Joe, I— remember a a movie that i watched um last year i think and it was it was the it was the story of mcdonald's the the franchise Mm -hmm. and um we all perceive or we all think we know who started that and his name was ray Kroc, Mm -hmm. um but in actuality he didn't start it um to Two California brothers named McDonald started it, and Ray Kroc was a shyster. Yeah. And if 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 the movie is correct <laughs> in quoting him, um, we never know exactly what's you know dramatic license and what's real life when those stories are told. But in the movie, he said, "If one of my competitors were drowning." I would stick a hose in his mouth. And I thought, wow, that is, that's hate. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is revenge. That is, that's, that's, that's in the flesh. Yeah. I mean, totally in the flesh. Yeah. Um, and, and this competitor didn't even, you know, do anything wrong. <laughs> it, right. It's just this, this total opposite of love toward another human being. And, and Jesus is like, Okay, folks. You know, you know when you when you place your faith in Christ, you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Mm-hmm. And you there's a there's a there's a different set of expectations in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not a list of do's and don'ts, not not a not a legalistic way of looking at life, but in the kingdom of God, you have different expectations, and that is love. <laughs> and, um, the, you know, God is the one who said, I, I will avenge, <laughs> I will, right. I will, I will take up vengeance. It is mine to repay, mm-hmm. says the Lord. Yeah. But we think we've got to, you know, that, that little root of our flesh still thinks that we've got to make somebody else pay. Yeah. Um, and God's like, no, 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 just, just, just leave it up to me. Right. Just just wave at that guy who just flew you the bird on the road. Just wave to him. Yep. Don't don't get back at him. Right. You know, don't don't give your wife or your husband the silent treatment just because they upset you. Mm-hmm. Um don't don't cheat. Don't whatever. And the other interesting thing is 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 I think Paul, the Apostle Paul, carries over these kingdom principles into the New Testament as he's writing to the churches and in First Corinthians he's talking about lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point he said, wouldn't you rather be wronged? Wouldn't you rather be cheated than to take a civil disagreement between two brothers in Christ and take that to um, a court system that knows nothing of God? And to me, that's kind of crazy when he's like, just just rather be wronged, Joe, just rather be cheated. That's actually a way to show love yeah. to somebody. It's just saying, okay, alright. It's you know, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth making a bigger deal over this. So love love has like some actions like the Good Samaritan, but love also has the ability to say, I'm gonna back away from from making this worse.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to, and that took me a very long time to um, to, to come to the realization. <clears throat> I'm confident in saying that there's going to be people hearing this that are going to be able to relate with what I'm about to say. Sometimes that voice that says stone em, <laughs> is a lot louder and a lot more boisterous, and it's it's this mentality that has become um, so tightly woven into the fabric of what is taught, and unfortunately, sometimes taught from the pulpit as well. This this sense of you you have to stand up for what's right, and you have to be right, and if you are right, then you need to hold hold your ground and be willing to die on that hill for whatever it is that you feel like you're justified in or you're right about. And, you know, we're going to – you're going to hear us, guys, talking about this concept. We're going to keep revisiting it over and over and over again, and in it's intimacy. You live – living in the kingdom is living in intimacy with God. And to me, this, you know, my wife knows when I, my, when I haven't been reading the Bible, when I'm not in my prayer life, when I'm not in the Word, when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, my wife knows. The people closest to me know because it affects me. It affects my decision-making process. From, from A to Z, everything from how I handle matters within the business to how I handle matters with family and everything in between. And so when you're living out of that kind of place, it is a I look of it I look at it like a cause and effect sort of situation. When you're living out of here, the byproduct is going to be patience, peace, kindness, you know, the these these fruits of the spirit that the Bible talks about in and when when you live out of a place of taking your source, taking the very essence of how you get from from sun up to sundown, from day to day, when you take that from the wellspring of life, it it can and should have an effect on how you how you approach life, how you walk through life, how you approach others, you know what what response you have. I remember being a kid and being taught, you cannot control other people's uh, actions. You can only uh, control how you react to the situation. And again, a little thick-headed sometimes. It took a while for that one to sink in. But what I what I thought was just adults being adults as a kid, I realize is now whether they realized it the people telling me or not it boils down from a biblical truth and the thing about God is God is not our version of God that's and and that when you let that sink in that's a big deal that's a really big deal to a lot of people because a lot of people have a misconception of who God is and what God stands for. And part of intimacy, think about intimacy with your partner. Think about intimacy with your family member, with a best friend. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. Think about an intimate relationship. It doesn't have to be romantic, just a deep relationship. How do you get to that point? You spend time together you know and and, and it's no different with God. You know, the Bible says that we will know him by his voice. And we get to know his voice by spending time in prayer, spending time in the word, spending, spending time communing with Holy Spirit. And it really, there are core truths about life that really boil down to, well, am I walking in step with God? When you go to see a doctor, a lot of times you're going to get a symptom uh checked out rather than the actual disease. It's the same thing with, you know, your 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 lack of of, of patience with another person, rather than, oh, you know, they did X, Y, or Z, take a step back and go maybe one step backward to try and figure out the root of the problem. Well, why Why did I get offended at that? Why did I get upset? Why do I feel this way? Sort of thing. And start to look at the things that you can control and the things about you. And I think that, that flips that whole thing directly on its head.
1: Well, and you, you start listing off the fruits of the Spirit, and the first one is love. love. And, you know, some people have a misconception about the fruits of the Spirit, in that they are a list of things we're supposed to work on. Nope. No. Um, the fruits of the spirit are evidence that the spirit is working in us, and that we are walking and keeping in step with Him. Mm-hmm. So when I see a person who who is is love or is loving, who's patient, you know, kind, and, you know love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, self, self-control. self mm-hmm. um, If I see a person like that, I know that he or she is is walking with Holy Spirit, is keeping in step with Him, and is living fully in the environment of the Kingdom of God. Now, can a person who is living that way can they have a moment where they're a bit impatient? Sure, I mean that's going to happen. <laughs> okay, um, but you can't say, "Aha!" You know, you're, you know, you're not, you're not living or walking in the spirit. No, there's, there's, there's times where we'll have a little bit of a of a reaction that doesn't reflect the spirit. But what you have to look at in a person's life is, is over over a long period of time, is this what I know about that person? Right. Do I know that person to be loving or do I know that person to be manipulative and suspicious and and nasty? Right. <laughs> um and to me that that's the mark of a person, you know, that's the mark of a person who is living functionally within the kingdom of God is are those fruits of the spirit hanging off of them? Right. Are they visible? Are they are, are can you can you pick it and look at it and say yes that person is joyful or that person is love mm-hmm. um, and you know the minute you begin to work on the fruits of the spirit um, you, you you kind of destroyed <laughs> what Paul was trying to get across there
0: um, and and that goes down to the whole you know works based salvation that a lot of people um, I've I've come to. To think that it's easier, mentally speaking, to have a rule book in front of you Mm -hmm. than it is to be given a guide. Because a guide um, isn't, you know, you would hope that out of a rule book it's an instruction manual, more or less. And that's what a lot of people are looking for. They're looking for the Bible to be the holy instruction manual the holy guidebook and you know a list of you know rules and regulations and things like that um and that's that's moralism that's that's works and the second that you try and incorporate your own works you immediately start to devalue the blood of christ because if you if work out of you is needed In order for salvation to stick then that means something other than the blood of Christ was needed
1: yeah I think I think we need effort right but I don't but I agree with you it's not it's not an effort that tries to um, gain the grace of God Um, I'm trying to remember exactly the the way that Dallas Willard put it in a quote I, I can't remember it right now, but it was, it was along the lines of, um, you know, we, we're going to have to ex- exert a little bit of effort in this kingdom life. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, we're going to, we're going to have to, to get our hands dirty and to, to put one foot in front of the other and exert some energy, but that doesn't lessen the grace of God in our life. Right. Um, we're not trying to earn his grace, um. We're just trying to live in the kingdom while we're still on earth. <laughs> and that's that takes some effort because there's a lot of opposition to that. Right. Um, I think we talked about this last time, um,
0: that the, the John Eldridge put it that we are co-laborers with Christ. Mm-hmm. We've been given tools and we've been given abilities and skills. Um, as a gift to be able to do work here on this planet um, and in this life while we're here, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean that those works are needed in a, you know, we we are not earning anything. We are just listening to the commands that are that are given and pushing forward the kingdom. Here on earth with the, with
1: the everyday abilities that we've been given. Yeah. I remember the quote now. He said, he said, grace is, is opposed to earning, but grace is not opposed to effort. Mm. So yeah. even that whole co-laborer, um, you know, picture that comes to your mind, um, you know, walking in the spirit, you know, we could, convince ourselves that we're just oh let's just go for a, a walk in the park with the spirit you know have a good old time skipping and laughing and catching butterflies and stuff like that right. um but the whole co-laborer thing that comes to mind is you know you know me and you and Jesus are in a ditch and we're all digging it together mm-hmm. and I'm I've got sweat dripping down me and so does Jesus and so do you and we're all thirsty and we're, we're all in it together Right. And to me, that's that's the type of kingdom God wants. Um, yep. He does He need us theologically, probably not. <laughs> right. Um, but does He need us in in order to fulfill the the big picture that He has for everyone? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bible talks about you know when our our position in things in the in and you know being heirs in the way that we're talked about um it is very evident that we were meant for more than just passively watching and being a second person point of view to your own life now this has been taken and run with in a bunch of different directions where you you know probably one of the most awkward spots that i've seen something like this be taken you were you were referencing some business practices and some business principles that are out there um you know business is a very especially entrepreneurial shit. it's a very dog-eat-dog world and when you see something like this taken And then marketed and then spun for it to look like you know if you do this then you'll be rewarded X amount or you'll get some kind of um, reciprocated bonus or reward or something along those lines kind of along the same lines of why most um, most conversations most sermons that have to do with tithing Make my skin crawl because it make makes people leave thinking that if they give, let's say, $10, then, you know, by default, because because Jesus said so, you're going to get X amount more, but taught from a very monetary kind of materialistic kind of way, and so you, you, you have a group of people that are now giving, but not out of the right place,
1: and, you know. Yeah, well, that's just, that's just Christian karma, Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) is, you know, if you, if you give, you know, Mm -hmm. then you can expect it back, you know, 10 times as much, or, or just as much, or whatever, and you know what, that's not always the case, you know, sometimes there, there are times when, you know, you, you sacrifice for the right reasons Mm -hmm. and 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 god allows then somebody else to sacrifice for you right but it's not you know god i'll give you 10 bucks hoping for 15 back right you know that's that's not a cheerful giver that's not giving from your heart (laughs) uh that's christian karma and it's 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 not true. It's not right. And you
0: hit the nail on the head. It's a hard piece. It really comes down to, um, and that's why I think a lot of people get uncomfortable about it, is you your motives, um, they matter. Why you're doing it, what you're doing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, there are so many, and I'm not, I'm not slyfully suggesting that I'm talking about any specific person any specific big name or what have you but there are tons of wolves in sheep's clothing people that can expertly walk the walk and talk the talk and that's how that's true for really any um, any uh, field or any group of people um, but if there's any, if I've learned anything in the voyage that Holy Spirit has had me on, um, since coming back to Christ, since getting married, since learning what it means to live life as an ambassador of God, it's that you, there is nothing, uh, there is nothing easy about this, this life. It is complicated, it is complex, it can be incredibly hard. But the closer that you get to God, the I'm going to say easier it gets, but there's there's an there's an asterisk there. Um God is not, like I said before, God is not our version of God. God is 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 love. God is uh, agape, love, um, and and is you know for God so loved the world. Those are words that get so glossed over they just roll off the tongue half of the time. But seriously, for God so loved this world loved every single person every single one including that person in front of you in traffic <laughs> including that coworker, including that family member that he gave his only son to die the perfect person to die because we were all born into autonomy and sin and and all of those things and so when I say that it, it, it gets easier the closer that you, that you get to God, it becomes what, when, you're, when, you're, when you're drawing from the right things, it's kind of like when you eat right or when you, you know, exercise your body. You're doing the things that your body you know, really actually cra- it craves, whether it, 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 you realize it at the time or not. Take stock in the fact that if you eat, you know, vegetables versus eating a Big Mac, your body's going to feel differently. Well, whether you're taking in negativity and you're taking in um, harsh feelings and hate and all of those kinds of things, well, your soul's going to feel differently than if you took time and read your Bible and took that in. Took in, took in the Word and Holy Spirit and all of those kinds of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to reference something that you were talking about there, the fact that, you know, Christianity um, in, in a way, I, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but in, in a way it gets easier, or living in the kingdom gets easier as you, as you learn the rhythms of it. But as you learn the rhythms of it, and as you and as you have an extended walk with God, um, you know, we're all like onions. And, and God's going to take a layer off now, and then he's going to take another layer off, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then he's going to take another layer off. And I think some people think that, oh, maybe at some point, you know, I'll hit a ceiling with God, and this is all the further I can go, and he won't ask any more of me. Um, but love, love is hard. Yeah. I mean, for God so loved, he didn't, he didn't come to the door with a, with a, you know, 12 dozen roses and, or a dozen roses and, you know, ask us on a date. (laughs) You know, that, that love, love cost him his life. Yeah. And so if, if we're supposed to take up our cross and follow that type of love, then it, it, it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna be complicated with people. Yeah. Um, I just was trying to find this quote by um, C.S. Lewis. He said, "I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that." <laughs> if you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. No. Um, yes, there are those. Warm fuzzy times that you have On a retreat or Mm -hmm. In the corner of your living room Reading your books or whatever And I've had those But there are other times when he calls us Into places to love people That get really uncomfortable Yeah And um But they can't match (laughs) The discomfort that Jesus went through for us Right And we don't
0: frame it In a way That I think it was you where I first heard the term, um, or first heard of the concept that it's there's a potential to mourn the spirit, um, grieve the spirit, grieve the spirit, and we don't frame it in a way that suggests that you need to grieve what is being asked of you, um, and 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 the life and position that that you are put in. When you accept citizenship mm-hmm. into the kingdom, um, because it can get very easy to become disgruntled because you're being asked to do something that is counterproductive or counterintuitive right. um, to to what the flesh says you should do, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and I. I, I caution anybody and I, and I mean this in a, in a, in a very layered approach. Um, some of the wisest advice I was ever given is wait three seconds. Okay. So if you got to write up the email in response to somebody, write it up, but wait three seconds before you hit send, before you pick up the phone, before you react, before you respond, because usually it's that first initial boost of vengeance, of revenge, and that instinct to come back at them, um, and, and then you'll start to sense will start to will start to kick back in, and you'll start to come back down. Um, you know, from everything from that to um, some the prin- any principles that you have or traditions that you think are are um, important, test all of it against scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think that you're doing God's holy work by calling out other people, you know, we live in a, in a way that people are starting to realize how social media works. You're way more likely to get clicks and likes and follows by saying something that stirs the pot And is divisive than something that is um, coming comes out of a place of, of of love and inclusivity and all of those kinds of things and we even see pastors doing it we see priests doing this on a regular basis on Twitter and on different forms of social media and Um, Yeah, they get a lot of traction because, you know, whether it be something, you know, only people on the right side believe in Jesus or only these group of people, only this uh, hate in this world. um, The judgment, rather, of this world starts in starts in hate. Mm -hmm. It starts out of that place of... um, a, a thought of of superiority, a thought of um you know a, a, a thought that what you're doing is more important than what the other person's doing. Mm-hmm. Um and as Christians, especially I've found from longtime Christians, um there's this sense sometimes that um I've I've had it I've I've gotten in real close with the big guys so whatever you know I'm on the right track and so I'm I've got a a, a leg up on other people and and all of those kinds of things. Um, one of the biggest um, I suggest to 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 anybody, especially if you're younger and a Christian, explore different churches, but. All through the, the 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 lens of the Bible, but explore what different churches have to say, because when you do that, you realize that that church down in you know Alabama might look different from that church up in Minnesota, might look different from that church out in California, might look different from that church on the East Coast, but just because and i'm using extreme examples it doesn't matter if it's the church that's five minutes down the road ten minutes down the road um we're on the same team it just mean just that doesn't mean that it's all gonna look exactly the same right right
1: yeah we we are all on the same team because we're all in the same kingdom (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i i I won't apologize for keep for keeping saying the kingdom
0: well this is the kingdom cast there's kind of a theme here.
1: Be, but and, and I'm not using it just as a fad or as um, just because this is called Kingdom Cast. Um, the reason we wanted to do this is because there's there's been a lack of understanding of what the Kingdom of God is, <laughs> the the now but not yet Kingdom, and um, and I think churches, you know wherever they are five minutes down the road or across the country they're they're going to look different but when you when you get like it and and you have to be careful because some churches don't teach well there's definitely false doctrine coming from yeah what we need to be hearing um and and even you know the same subject matter might be treated a little bit differently but that's okay um all of those churches if you if you if you could get an aerial view of the of the kingdom let's just say in the United States okay mm-hmm. um, it, it really does take all shapes and sizes yep it, it really You're does do and I and I've learned to appreciate what other churches bring to the table that maybe had not been brought to my table like in my formative years you know? right I had a In my formative years, it was a good dose of, you know, the word, you know, we we almost worshiped the Bible, which (laughs) I'm not, I don't think we should do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, um, we were just so, we were word-centered, and that's good, that's good, because there were a lot of other churches out there that weren't word-centered, they were something else-centered. But when you bring all of these denominations together and, oh, you've got this strength and you've got this strength and you've got this strength and you do this well. Mm -hmm. You bring them all around the table, it's like, wow, this is a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. This is a beautiful picture of the kingdom. Um, And (laughs) we need to love each other. Yeah. We, we, We can't be pointing fingers at... That church or that church for the way they do things, and I'll be the first to confess that I've I've done that. I've pointed fingers mm-hmm. and, Me and cast judgment on other churches, and you know even the Apostle Paul said, I mean even even if Christ is preached with the wrong motives, praise God that He's being preached. Yeah. Um, that's that's a hard one to swallow. Yeah, <laughs> it really is because. We think we know the motives of that other person or that other church, and we really don't. Right, It's impossible to to have a pulse on their motive. Um, so as long as somehow Christ is being preached, we, we have to sit back and let the king take care of it.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a concept um, that a couple of different... Um, a couple of different authors uh, have tackled, and and many great minds have spent countless hours um, going over in the, in the secular world and in the uh, Christian world, and that's the the sense of self. What's what makes up your identity, um, and and that's the, that's a much wider and deeper concept than we could possibly do justice.
1: One of my here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because when you I'm all about, you know, well you'll hear me reference science a lot. Um, before coming to coming to Christ, I, I was a scientist and I'm still a scientist. I, I that's just the way that my brain operates. It's just but that's that's not a bad thing and that doesn't take away or shortchange God because I understand that science is still relevant. And when you look at the way that even the most staunch um, the, the the most staunch atheist psychologists and psychoanalysts and, and people that, you know spend their whole lives studying the way that the brain works, uh, you find that when you boil it down, Away from the specific verbiage, just to its core concepts, that there are a lot of similarities between what you find happening in the secular world and the Christian world alike. Um, And I think that so much of all of this, the preconceived notions that we get, some of us can hear a word and automatic connotations are popping up. It might be left, it might be right, it might be gay, it might be straight, it might be Baptist, it might be Catholic. It It's different for, for all different types of people. But I think that that whole sense of, well, they don't know how to do it right. You know, the Baptists, they do this wrong, the Catholics, they do this wrong, while well, the gays, they do this wrong. And. Anytime that you approach it from that kind of superiority, I know better sort of mentality, I think that's very much wrapped up into the sense of self. And you were talking about the onion that gets peeled back. I think we spend our entire lives peeling back and reforming and refining who we are in Christ because that's an entirely
1: different thing
0: than who we think we are.
1: Yeah, I mean we 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 would like to think that, you know, the verse that says that the old things are passed away, behold all things are become new. Um that that, that is not instantaneous. Right. I mean there's an there's an instantaneous element of okay, yes, God has um, God has changed, you know, the core of who we are, but there's also the, the, the that gets rolled out over time as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and and if it was instantaneous, then Paul wouldn't have had to have writ, written 1 Corinthians. Right. Um, the Corinthian church was a mess. <laughs> yeah. And they hadn't been Christians very long, and they're trying to figure this thing out together. And And they're still you know suing each other and going to bed with each other and and they're still doing all of these things even though their identity has been changed you know positionally but practically working it all out takes time and 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 that's why god puts us in an environment of the kingdom of god so that that can happen on a more successful stage Mm mm-hmm um, like like I referred to in our, in our last talk together, you don't put somebody in a mechanics shop and say, you know, cook a gourmet meal. Right. You have to put them in the right environment for them to be successful. And that is what God has done for us in his kingdom. His kingdom is a place for our successful growth and formation. Right.
0: And I think the more that you tear down the misconceptions of the world the more you realize and i and i i i'm gonna keep coming back to this only because it's true um there's an unfortunate lack of of education about some of these things coming from even the church or they're being treated the pastors themselves are treating it like they are the congregation's main event of the week like, it's, you know, if, if you eat on Sunday you're, and you're surprised that you're hungry on Wednesday, then you don't understand how food works or anatomy. Um, it's, it's the same kind of way when you're living out the day-to-day in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, you can live as a conceptually good person or a conceptual Christian and think that you're fine. Think that you're such I don't think that, that that when when the Bible talks about the narrow road and the wide road, I don't think that every single person on that wide road thinks that like they're just, you know, openly going down the road that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. Right. I think there's plenty of people on that wide road that think that they're on the the, the narrow road
1: they're nice they're they're kind yeah they're they're
0: tracking it's fine right Mm -hmm. because that's what they've built their life around is is moralism being nice you got to be nice you got to be good you got to you know all those kinds of things but when you take that out of um those kinds of contexts where you know you're getting your entire um you're you you get, you're getting your, your entire sustenance, your entire—anything um, that you're taking in for the week on Sunday. The, living this out on a daily basis requires a bit more from us and requires more fuel in the tank. And that's why you're always going to hear us going back to the same concept of daily time with God. Daily— one-on-one time communing with Holy Spirit the
1: way I explained it to somebody this morning was you need to put your heart in the place where God can work on it the most mm mm-hmm. that to me that's what spiritual disciplines are it you know prayer Bible reading um, fasting worship um, spiritual friendship you know those are things that we would call spiritual disciplines or, or spiritual practices but again, they could very easily morph into a list of moral formation things, yeah. rather than, um, you know, I read my Bible and I pray and I and I meditate and I contemplate and you know what, you may not get fireworks or warm fuzzies, yeah. But you have, but what you've just done is you you've placed the heart, the center of your identity. Mm-hmm. You placed your heart. In a place where God can work on it, and He might tweak it a little bit there. He might just let it sit there, right. <laughs> but but consistency over time with extending your heart to where God can work on it—that's mm-hmm. that's spiritual formation. That is um, that's that's a living life in intimacy. Mm-hmm. that's living life in the kingdom where i don't do these things to to get god's blessing or to get his approval or to get some type of christian karma bouncing back at me uh, why the, i'm doing this is just i'm just putting my heart out there to god and saying right. all right do with it what you want
0: or to think that you that you're being you know god's vengeance here on earth god's right hand here on earth um mm-hmm you know i think that it's very easy when you think about the whole idea of loving your neighbor okay and how that's taken a taken to an extreme and taken to a perverse place Um, it's very easy to pick out people like the westboro baptist church for one okay well yes they are the low-hanging fruit no there are plenty of people that don't walk around with a sign that says God hates fags, but I think that if you really got down to the heart of the matter and, and there was an inability to be able to lie about it, I think um, you'd find far more people than be willing to admit to it that they maybe carry some kind of thought about that. And then there's there's micro examples of this, and there's macro examples of this. There it comes down to the people that you intersect with on a daily basis, and it come and it all the way to the misconceptions that you have about groups of people. I you know I think it's it's um, very easy. There's a there there are specific groups of people that I think are very very underserved. What's which is. Which is um, I, comical in its irony but not actually funny um that are so incredibly underserved and underacknowledged and neglected by christians people that you know if you found out that's that somebody's had some legal trouble in the past oh that's oh lord get away from me listen I want all of you guys, even the people listening, okay, take a stock of 10 people. Just pick 10 people out of your life. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that at least one person out of there, whether you know it or not, has some kind of experience being on the wrong side of Johnny Law. That's just how it is.
1: Yeah, and that is a big, you know, taboo thing in our culture. Yep. Um, you know, if anybody's had a brush with the law or served sort of jail time, Oh, especially serve jail time is they are they are now somehow second class citizens, right? Maybe even third or fourth. Um, not going to give you a job. Not going to give you a place to live. You know, it's the question on every application. Yeah. Um, that that it does not necessarily define a person. You know, it it shouldn't. Right. You know, one one wrong choice, one bad decision, one sin, one whatever that was against the law that has caused you some type of repayment in the form mm-hmm. of incarceration. Um, you know, that that's that's the that's the black mark that never goes away in our culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the scarlet
1: letter, if right, you will. Right. But in the kingdom there are no scarlet letters. No, no. There's no black mark right. that can't get erased by the blood of Jesus, and th- that's why you know my wife and I you know, on on the journey that we've been on over the past several years with a very good friend who was incarcerated, right. and um, and that pulled us into the whole world of prisons and jails mm-hmm. and parole officers and 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 visits and. And I can I can remember the first time, you know, I was let in as a pastor to visit my friend. And I can remember those those cell doors, kind of clanking behind me. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, whoa! I have just stepped into a different world.
0: Oh, it's a, it's a sound that if you've ever heard that sound, you know that sound. That you know that sound. And it's. There was a, a shock piece of sorts written about a year ago about uh, the Pope and about some comments that the Pope said, and it was, I, I say shock piece because it was very much taken from a secular point of view and some comments that he said were taken out of context and then morphed into, oh, well, the, po- the Pope says that being gay is okay kind of thing, Um what when in all actuality what he was saying was if you hear the word gay if you hear the word abortion if you hear these words and you you stop hearing like man woman afterwards and all you hear is that word and you throw that person out because you've heard that word then you don't have a heart and you don't realize right away it's very easy to think that you have all the altruism in the world on your side thinking that you're on holy land by kind of positioning yourself in a way where no I don't agree with what we had a we grew up with this uh, with this guy that uh, it was kind of one of those things that it was more or less a foregone conclusion after high school when he came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to a the only other Christian out of the, the, the group. And really, I would argue, if you're counting me in there, I would say the only Christian out of the group at that time. Um, you know, how do you reconcile this? You know, you're really good friends with this person. How do you reconcile this? And they said, oh, I hate the sin, but I love the man. You know what I mean, and that 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 rings in my in my head. You know what I mean. That you know we you 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 can hate sin, and still love a person. Mm-hmm. You don't have to love the activity that they're doing to love them.
1: Right. Well, but what we've done in our culture is that we've 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 labeled them to the point of of giving them an identity that we want to give them right and and when we start giving somebody an identity that we want to give them um that's that's very it's, it's very hard for us to switch gears then mm-hmm. okay you know she's a lesbian he he's an ex-con he's um, divorced and, and and we are the ones that label that person and then our ability to love them is diminished right. because we're not seeing them as a human, right? Made in God's image, right. that you know what? We're both sitting here, and we're both probably guilty of gossip, greed, lust in the last week. Yeah. Okay? But I'm not labeling you as you know, you're the you are the most greedy person I've ever met, or you are the most lustful person I've. I'm not labeling you. I'm just saying we we all we 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 still struggle. You know, right. the flesh and the spirit are still struggling back and forth a little bit. But I'm not going to identify you as that as that because the, sec- the second I do that, it, it, it puts this barrier up. Right,
0: and more importantly, that's not how God operates.
1: Absolutely. God
0: doesn't li- label you with that. God right. doesn't right. identify you with that. Um, there's a um, a song that you know. I I I love it in all of its corniness. It's "Hello, My Name Is" by Matthew West, um, and, and and the world especially. Nowadays, the more the further down this road we go, the more prevalent this issue of wanting to label everybody and, and paint with wide-angle brushes um, becomes. This whole idea of if you are this, then you must think this way. It's a cause and effect sort of thing. There are plenty of people that think that all Christians are, you know, gun-toting Republicans, and there's a lot of people that think that. <laughs> And there's, a God of people, or there's a lot of people that think that anybody that is, um, you know, an, an atheist or not Christian must be a, a left wing, you know, and, and we've we've synonymized these these different concepts that do not, in any way, shape, or form, have anything to do with one another. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says. That those those identities that we had before, you know, screw up, I'm not good enough, you know, uh, ugly, ex-con, wh- whatever the, the thing is, those labels mean nothing in comparison to son
1: or daughter of God. And it's not the fact that, that God just doesn't call us those other identifiers he replaces them. Mm -hmm. He replaces them with beloved son or daughter. He replaces them with Saint. Yep. Saint. Saint Joseph, Saint Jamie. He replaces them with um a, a myriad of different names and identifiers that should begin to work on our the depth of our soul and the depth of our heart. Like I think that I think one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges for many people today is to believe the identity that God has bestowed on them. One hundred percent. And to live in it, and we find it really easy to live in the identifiers that somebody else slaps on us. I I don't know why that is.
0: <laughs> well, it's kind of like I see you a lot of times that I see you. I see you in two different hats, that one or your other, or your other yellow and black one. Yeah and they're comfortable right they're formed they're fitted to your head they're broken in the whole nine yards they just they fit and unfortunately all of us have those ratty old clothes in our closet that we put on because they fit and they're comfortable looking in the mirror um you know i'll take i'll take my uh my uh, health my health journey as an example Okay. Um, for those of you that that um, you know don't know, or if you didn't hear me talk about this on Buddy Walk, um, I had last year a surgery that put me down, um, it forced me to to stop athletics, and just it, it put me down for um, a good six months or more. Um, and, and since I've been starting to relearn how to rebuild my body. you know what the right things to eat how to train again all of those kinds of things but very much in a way of starting at the bottom and rebuilding the the whole thing and and it's that kind of approach where um who we are and what we are and anything we do it's it's a matter of of getting um, stripped down and rebuilding from from the ground up, mm-hmm. sort of sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I think that it's. I think that one of the biggest things that is not commonly talked about, but is incredibly prevalent, is this whole idea of taking the identity you know you can be on a health journey but still be psychologically i've learned that just because a thing is it exists doesn't mean that your eyes are going to see it and that's a weird thing to think about Mm -hmm. that you can lose weight but your your mind still sees the person that you were beforehand Mm -hmm. and i've learned that there you know when you're when you're an athlete there are certain things you become very fixated on versus just doing it for your health Mm -hmm. and so it's all it, it's it's the same the the, the the brain holds that same capability when you're looking at well here's everything that i was over here this is pre pre-salvation pre-christ these are the things that could honestly unfortunately be said about me and then that page flipped turned and now you're 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 living out of an entirely different place with a with a with a totally and completely ident- different identity to the extent that the bible says we become new creations when we be when we get the whole, the indwelling of holy spirit mm-hmm. and that's where we're that that's that's what you know where when we're talking about this coming from a um the, the wellspring of life when you're living out of that place where you are being indwelt with holy spirit and you are living out of living out of that and taking in that and hearing god's voice about what it is that who you are why you're here how you should be with other people um if you're if you are living out of that then you the other things they have to change and that doesn't mean, you know, instantaneous, I'm saved, and now everything, I spent 20 years hitting this particular group of people, or thinking this particular way, or whatever, Um, just, just because that, that doesn't mean that the brain doesn't, you know, isn't going to need to be retooled, and all of those kinds of things, Um, but when we look at Scriptural heroes, the juggernauts, the titans of our faith, the people that um, the the early church uh, that the, 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 the they built. Um, you think of Paul. He is possibly the greatest example of a redemption story mm-hmm. that you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, um, maybe some of us were, have, have, You know, disliked or hated or gotten angry with somebody before. And, you know, the Bible does say, you know, that being angry and and being um, wrathful, you know, is like murder in God's eyes. Yeah. Paul was out there killing Christians. Mm -hmm. And you see him becoming... One of the one of the very pillars that God used to, to build the church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't because he had some, you know, intellectual, um, mm-hmm. you know, revelation or he he it, it, it you read the passage and it was one hundred percent God initiated, mm-hmm. um, and all simply had to say this is so far out of my realm of known reality (laughs) that I have to believe what's happening here Um, because it was just it was just so dramatic yeah yeah.
0: Um, so I want to um, end us off here with a set of uh, scripture Uh, reading out of the ERV we're in first John Chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. Dear friends, we should love each other because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has become God's child. And and so everyone who who loves knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love to us. He sent his only son into the world to give us life through him. True love is God's love for us, not our love for God. He sent his son as the way to take away our sins. That is how much God loved us, dear friends. So we must love one another love is of god god
1: has loved you so now you need to love others Amen.